0: Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I am one-fourth of your co-host. And on behalf of Alexis, Janae, and Nicole, I'd like to welcome you back to the show. So today is going to be a full recap of NXT TakeOver in your house. Let's dive into it. So if you didn't watch the show, I highly recommend that you go and watch it before you listen to this podcast. It was definitely a must-see. There are no amounts of recaps and explanations that I could give that would make you... (laughs) that will make you understand how great this show was it really was good it was small in card size but the matches on there were well over the top beautiful matches amazing so much fun to watch and I just it was just a 10 out of 10 for me so let's start off with the first match of the night they gave us the big boys right out the gate the first match of the night was the winner take all match? Bronson Reed and MSK took on Legado del Fantasma, and they did 100% fantastic in this match. It was hard hitting, it was fun, it was back and forth. You could not tell who was gonna win until the very end when Santos Escobar got flatlined once again, <laughs> and it was in epic fashion and msk did what they always do which is blow everybody out the water msk and bronson ring ended up retaining their titles last night so congratulations to them but big shout out to legato del fantasma santos escobar wild and um i can't ever think of the other guy's name is it mendoza I'm so sorry, baby, but shout out to Legado Del Fantasma for you guys are the true heels, but you guys are amazing competitors. I cannot stress how great you guys were last night, so kudos to you guys for showing up and showing out. Even though you were not able to grab the gold, you still showed that you were more than worthy of the titles. So let's move on to the next match of the night, which was Miss Ziya Lee. Versus Mercedes Martinez. Now, if you don't know, what you don't know is a lot. Mercedes Martinez and Zia Lee did compete in the Mid-Young Classic against each other. Zia Lee was bested by Mercedes Martinez in the classic. And Zia Lee has held a grudge against Mercedes ever since. When she saw her opportunity to take out one of her greatest adversaries, she did so in the best fashion that she could. This Also led to a massive match here at NXT TakeOver in your house. Now, this match was all Zia Lee from start to about close to the end. Zia Lee made one grave error and missed hitting Mercedes Martinez. She ended up kicking the post to the ring which ended up giving Mercedes the opportunity to take over and have some momentum swing in her favor. But all of that match from the beginning till that part where Zaya injured herself was all Ziya Lee. She dominated Mercedes, and it was a really good showing of what Ziya Lee was capable of. Ultimately, Ziya Lee did beat Mercedes Martinez, and rightfully so. But it was by the skin of her teeth that she did it. There was some, in, you know, interference with Boa, but for the most part, Zaya did do the legwork for herself. They tried to take out Mercedes Martinez toward the end, but Mercedes was able to get the actual <clears throat> chair from them to take them out. Now. I always thought that the members of the group was I, th- I thought the group was was just a group. I did not know that the group was Tien Sha. I thought that the leader of Zion Lee and Boa was Tien Sha. But in factuality, in all factuality, her name is Mei Ying. Mei Ying is sitting in the throne chair as usual Sitting there watching. And of course, Mercedes is beating down Boa, beating down, she's already beating down Zia Lee. Zia Lee's taking several chairs to the back. And she sees Mei Ying up there and she tells her, You want to go at me, bitch? Let's go. She has a chair in her hand. Mei Ying gets up and it's about to go down, fam. Like they are not playing. All right. So, Mei Ying gets up. She grabs Mercedes by the throat. Mercedes is able to get out, but Mercedes tries to hit her with the chair. She absorbs that chair shot and yeets Mercedes by the throat into the wall. And Tian Sha, the group, Tian Sha, because <laughs> there is a group. Maying Ying is the leader. Tian Sha is the name of the group. Tian Sha stands over Mercedes as a group, scouring, looking down on her, and Mercedes is laid out. Now, the rumor for Mercedes is that Mercedes is being moved to the main roster with Eva Marie. There's also another rumor that Piper Nevin will be a part of that, and there will be a faction for evolution with Mercedes, Piper Nevin, and Eva Marie. Now, if this is the case, that's fine. I love the way they introduce new characters. Mercedes works well as someone who has someone on her side, as well as someone who works um, great on her own. So that's fine by me. They definitely need somebody like Mercedes on the main roster. I'd love to see what they would do once they pull Mercedes from Eva. I'd love to see what they would do with Mercedes. you got a lot of wiggle room here. You've got Mercedes. You could put her up against Shayna. They can be very brutal with each other. Mercedes could take on Nia Jax. It would be fun to watch. You had a lot of wiggle room, Mercedes versus Charlotte, Mercedes versus Rhea Ripley. So much going on, so little time. And then Piper Nevin as well. You could have Piper going up against Nia, Piper against Shayna. Again, the big wigs on the roster right now would be amazing going up against the fresh meet coming to the roster possibly. Now just to be safe, this is a rumor, but I'm pretty sure that this is the way that they're going to do it. Um so I'm hoping that everything works out in its favor and we get um to see how this is going to play out. Now tonight on Monday Night Raw, Eva is supposed to debut with um she's supposed to debut tonight and have her first Match or at least her first showing on Monday Night Raw, so we're gonna have to see how that plays out. But anyways, back to NXT Takeover. So <clears throat> Lee was able to best um, Mercedes Martinez, and in the end, it did boost Ziya Lee and gave her a moment. So I can't wait to see where they go. And this group T and Shaw seems to be something. <sighs> Something crazy. So, I'm really curious as to what they're going to do. If if Mei Ying is going to wrestle, if they're going to let Xia and Mei Ying go after the tag team titles, that'd be cool. Okay? So, I'm really curious as to how this is going to roll out. So, let's move on to the next match. The next match of the night was Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight. Now, I love L.A. Knight in more ways than one. But the boy, <laughs> I'm oddly attracted to that man, and I don't understand why. But I like him. I like the way he looks, I like the way he's built physically. I just think he's a very attractive man. And then he smiles, his smile is beautiful. I really like LA Knight. Anyway, drifting off into space. Moving on. We're gonna stay on track, people. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you too long. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep on moving. I'm gonna keep on moving. Now, this was a ladder match to determine who would get the million dollar man mantle. Now, if y'all don't know about the million dollar man, well, you're gonna have to go back on WWE Network, or more specifically for us in the States on the Peacock Network and pull that up for yourself because (laughs) the Million Dollar Man is Ted DiBiase Sr. And for a long time, when he could not obtain a WWE title himself, he went and made his own. He made the Million Dollar Title, and it was a dollar sign title, diamond-crusted, gold And it just looked like a million bucks. So Ted DiBiase's been gone from WWE for quite some time. And once Cameron Grimes started running around, pulling some of Ted DiBiase's old tricks, it kind of flushed Teddy out. And LA Knight being there and being the residential loudmouth, mouth almighty, always with the quips, but also capable. was like, hmm, I see an opportunity here. So... They kind of moved L.A. Knight into this storyline with Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. Now, I was sure that Cameron Grimes was going to win this match, but L.A. Knight ultimately being, was the victor, but you didn't know L.A. Knight was going to be the victor. As I said before in the previous match with MSK and Bronson Reed and Legado Del Fantasma, this was a big back-and-forth match. You couldn't tell who was going to win. They were tussling and rolling and fighting and kicking. There were ladders being thrown everywhere. People were being kicked in the face. Cameron Grimes and that Spanish fly that he does is ridiculous. He's he's better than what people give him credit for, and he's he's just a good character in WWE all around he just he is flawless in what he does now L.A. Knight, on the other hand, is a more sophisticated wrestler, a more technical wrestler. But all the same, he still is another one who embodies what he is presenting. You believe it. You're not trying to understand it because you already know what he's selling you. You already know what you're getting. These two men put on a very good match with each other. And ultimately, L.A. Knight became the victor of the match. And he is now the million-dollar man. He's now the million-dollar champion in the new Million Dollar Mantle is taken up by L.A. Knight. I was for sure they was going to give this to Cameron Grimes, but they decided to give it to L.A. Knight, which I kind of understand because, one, it keeps L.A. Knight out of title contingency for the North American Championship. It also frees Cameron Grimes to possibly be the next person for Bronson Reed to go up against for that title. But there's so many avenues that they can go down with the North American Championship. Just don't go back to Gargano. OK, um, and there are so many ways that they can utilize this um, million dollar title as well. It's a very unique title, so it's different. It's special. And I'm curious as to how they're going to use it and what they're going to do. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But for right now, your new million dollar champion is L.A. Knight. So let's move on to the next match of the night. The next match of the night was Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. For the better part of the night, this match was okay. It wasn't one of my favorite matches, but it still was a good, solid match. Dakota interfered multiple times in this match. And I'm I'm not a fan of Raquel being NXT Women's Champion. I'm okay with her being a transitional champion. But I'm not okay with her having the title this long. And the reason why is because Dakota doesn't really have – not Dakota – well, she doesn't either, but Raquel doesn't really have much going for her other than she's really strong, beautiful woman, really strong, very big in height and um, stature. But other than that, she doesn't provide much else. Like she, she can give you some good one-liners, some good punch lines, but she doesn't make the feud fun to watch. She's not giving you any oomph in these feuds and fights. Everything that she approaches, she approaches the very same way. There's no, there's no genocide There's no pizzazz. You know, there's no, mm, there's no punch. You know what I mean? Cameron Grimes is a good example of someone who can be in the mid card but can outshine others because he understands how to portray himself in a way that everybody can either love to hate him or really love him. You know what I mean? Raquel is someone you could not see and be okay with not being with not seeing. Um anyway, Dakota doesn't make her any more interesting to be honest with you and I generally feel as though that title should be gone from, Deco- from Raquel by SummerSlam. If not by SummerSlam, it needs to be gone at their next pay-per-view because she just, she's just not fun as a champion. It's, the reign is not great, and I'm not going to blame it specifically on her, but it's not fun to watch. It, it's just not fun. Even when you're a heel like Ra- Raquel is and you have a partner who is helping you maintain your title – There has to be some mystery and intrigue, some fun to it, and she's not giving you that. Ember really showed up and showed out in this match. I did like Ember's um, tenacity in this match. I loved her intensity. She was very good at it, very vicious. Shotzi came back um, yesterday, so it was great to see Shotzi come back. She, She pretty much neutralized Dakota because Dakota interfered Three, four times. The fourth time she interfered, Ember won that match. But because she put, you know, Raquel's foot on the bottom of the rope, the ref only saw her foot on the bottom of the rope. She didn't see anything else. So Princess Bubblegum pretty much got neutralized by, <laughs> by Marceline. <laughs> no. <laughs> Princess Bubblegum and Marceline was fighting, honey. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> that was back There was that damn fighting honey. So Ember ended up losing due to one error. She went and did that eclipse one too many times. And then Raquel was able to get the drop on her and, you know, pretty much retain her title. I don't know where they're going to go with Raquel, but if it were me, I would break up her and Dakota right now. At the very least, she would have another title match at the great American bash Dakota would get involved. Damn near cost her her title. Um, Or they would have some type of match where she would actually lose and it wouldn't be a title shot, but she would lose and they could have their one off that way. And then you can have Dakota versus Raquel for the title. Raquel could lose the title to Dakota. Dakota could keep it for a short amount of time. She could end up losing it and then somebody new could take up the NXT Women's Championship mantle. So we're going to move on to the next match which is the men's NXT Championship, the Fatal Five Way, the Big Kahuna. So, Karrion Cross was the current is the current defending champion in this match, and Karrion was defending his title against four former champions in NXT. Pete Dunne, a former tag team champion and NXT UK, champion. Um, he, I think, he was North American champion too. I'm not sure. Fact check me if I'm wrong. I apologize. Anyway, Johnny Gargano, two-time NXT champion, two-time North American champion, former tag team champion. Johnny Gargano is a very decorated man, okay? Kyle O'Reilly, a former tag team champion multiple times over. And, of course, Adam Cole, the longest reigning NXT champion in history, former North American champion champion. And as always, he's Adam Cole, baby. So former champions have all been come coming for carrying cross for weeks, and Adam Cole has been showing his entire ass, okay? His entire ass to the world about how he feels like. Karrion Kross is a weak-ass champion, and no one is going to keep him from getting that title again because he is NXT. (sighs) William Regal has not been able to keep these men under control in any way, shape, or form. Not to mention he hasn't been able to keep the women under control either. I'll get to Regal in a minute. But all of this shit came to to a culmination last night in this Fatal 5 way which in itself was so good. It was so much fun. Everybody had a spot. Everybody was moving. People was taking people out. and Cross dominated in spots. Then you had Cole dominating spots. You had you had Pete Dunne dominating in spots. Kyle O'Reilly had a big moment. And even little old Johnny Gargano had a moment, OK? It was crazy. But all in all, it was such a fun match to watch bodies were everywhere, people were moving left and right, pins were happening, and you did not know who was going to win. You didn't know who was going to win. Even if you had an inkling that Karrion Cross was going to retain or even if you thought that Adam Cole was going to get that title back, once you start watching that match, there was no way you were going to be able to tell who was going to win this match. But ultimately, Karrion Cross was able to get the win and beat all four competitors who were challenging him for his NXT championship. But the way that Karrion Cross did it was Kyle O'Reilly was in the middle of a submission on Adam Cole, very close to the edge of tapping Adam Cole out. But <laughs> Karrion was able to wake up from his slumber due to the fact that he was power-bombed on top of the announcer's table. He was able to wake up from his slumber, and he was able to choke out Kyle O'Reilly. And he passed out, which gave Karrion Cross the win. Now, I see this as a, a little pin in a fight between three or two men. Now, the reason why I say three or two is because Three men were involved in the ending of this match, so at the Great American Bash on July sixth, it very well could end up being a triple threat between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole and Karrion Cross. Or within the next couple of weeks, they could make it so that Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole compete for the opportunity to go up against Karrion Cross at the Great American Bash. That's my prediction for the next NXT championship title defense, which should be at the Great American Bash. Now, towards the end of the show, and right before the match for the Fatal 5-Way, you saw Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon still fighting Dakota and Raquel. So that could end up playing out sometime within the next couple of weeks. William Regal was trying to keep them apart and gain control of his show. Towards the end of the show, you saw William Regal leaving and Mackenzie was trying to get a conversation with him, but he seemed to be crying and just completely mentally exhausted. But at the same time, he looked to be at peace. Like he had made a decision and he was happy with it. But his emotion of what he decided to do is what was showing on his face. And it was crazy because I was like, what the hell is going on? Which leads me to my speculation Of what's happening. For the last week, I've been hearing rumors about Samoa Joe being brought back to WWE, specifically to NXT. Triple H has been integral in trying to get him back. He also was trying to get several other stars back because he didn't believe they deserved to be cut. Okay. Now, he wasn't able to regain the contracts or regain the people who have already been released, but he was able to fight and get Samoa Joe back. Because Joe is the one who is coming back to NXT, I think Joe is going to be a GM in a temporary capacity for NXT. And then Joe, once he's cleared for wrestling by WWE doctors, he will be able to go into wrestling again. It's 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 great that Joe's coming back, and I love Samoa Joe, and I think he would work really well in a GM capacity. I'm curious if, to see if that's the case even if it isn't, and Joe is just coming back to be a part of NXT, period, I'm happy for that as well, because I don't believe Joe deserved to be released, as I didn't deserve many superstars, um, as I thought many superstars shouldn't have been released, but what can we do? All we can do is support them and make sure they get their just due. Now, that's the end of NXT's takeover in your house review. And those are some of my predictions for the great American bash. I think Bronson Reed will probably end up having a challenge from someone like Cameron Grimes. Um, he could very well have a challenge from Dexter Loomis. They haven't been doing anything with Dexter yet. The great American bash is on July 6th, which is two days after 4th of July. And that is going to be on a Tuesday. And I think it's going to air on the USA network and not on the Peacock network like it did last year. It did really well, It did really well on the network last year, so I think they're going to do that this year. Um, What else? Oh, so the NXT Women's Championship may not be contested at the Great American Bash. Seeing as how it was just contested a few weeks ago, they may not have a challenge for that, but they may. So I'm not sure where they're going to go with Raquel and Dakota, but I'm I'm pretty set on Raquel dropping that title. Um by NXT by um, SummerSlam. And if she doesn't, I'll be really upset because I feel like it's gonna be stifled if she doesn't. Um MSK, as far as MSK is concerned, I see MSK defending their titles against the Grizzle Young Veterans at the Great American Bash. If it's not against the Grizzle Young Veterans, it probably will be against Tommaso and Thatcher. But I that is a low, low chance I see the Grizzly Young Veterans de- competing against MSK and removing those titles from MSK at the Great American Bash. This will probably be the last time that MSK will be wielding those titles, and they probably will be moved from NXT to the main roster very soon. Um, at least I would. I would move them up immediately. Okay. Um, Who Who else? Kushida. Kushida was left off of the um the pay-per-view this um, past Sunday. Um, They didn't really have a challenger for Kushida yet, but they could very well move over and do, like, I don't know, maybe do, like, a little tournament or something, or, you know, some sort of battle royal for Kushida. He does a lot of open challenges on the main roster, I mean, on the NXT show, which is probably why they didn't give him a match, and it kept the match card really short. Um, they could have did an open challenge though, but it it wouldn't make the show go over even longer. It went over originally anyway, but it is what it is. I'm not really worried about it because she probably will have a challenger at the Great American Bash as well, and the NXT Women's Champions, um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell need challengers for their titles because their titles were not defended at NXT TakeOver in your house. So hopefully we'll see some new um, challenges rise up. You got some good components in Hit Row. Maybe Swerve will be the next person Bronson Reed has to go up against and with Top Dollar and Bre- B-Fab. I really hate their names. I really wish they would have stuck with AJ Francis and Brianna. Like, I feel like that's still, you know what I'm saying, it's still still hip hoppy. It's still recordy enough, you know what I'm saying? I feel like they didn't have to change their names. I mean, they didn't change Swerve's name, so, you know, whatever. Anyway, I feel like they all could be very good proponents in you know, changing the regime of NXT and really making themselves a faction to be feared if that's what they want to do. Brianna could do very well in the ring. I've never seen her wrestle, but she could do very well at disrupting the flow of... Um, of the women right now especially if they will put her in the ring and they haven't yet which I'm very curious as to why not AJ Francis has wrestled already Adonis has wrest- wrestled on TV multiple times as has Swerve. she's the only one in the group who hasn't wrestled and I want to see her wrestle um who else could be a good proponent for Bronson Reed It's a couple people in the back. I would have said LA Knight, but because he's the million-dollar champ, I don't know. And the interesting thing is I'm wondering how they're going to do this million dollar championship I'm wondering how they're going to roll with it what they're going to do are they going to have challengers for it is he going to do challenges like Ted DiBiase used to do where he can give out money or is he going to defend that title at pay-per-views I'm really curious as to how that's going to work out but with all that being said I give NXT TakeOver an A- it was a very solid show wonderful wonderful matches I was in love I'm I'm more than happy every time I watch a takeover it just renews my faith in wrestling and I just love it so congratulations to NXT and WWE and all of the superstars who participated in takeover you guys put on a amazing clean wonderful show and it gave you so many feels and it just really really made you want to look forward to Tuesday to see what's going to be the fallout of TakeOver and I can't wait to see what they're going to do. So you guys make sure you follow us on Twitter at Down for the Count 19. Occasionally we do live tweet the shows so you won't want to miss that. And of course we try to give you all of the information on our Instagram at D4TC underscore podcast. I am your girl Tiffany E and I have rambled long enough so I will see you guys next time. Peace.